Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The only people that don't get time off this year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL bowl season and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the dog check. I am Max Loeb. Loeb's leads here with Eric Metcalf after the Cleveland Browns have officially clinched a spot in the 2023 NFL playoffs. Eric, how good does that feel? I see the smile on your face. I mean, it feels good. And I was talking to people in the, in the stadium yesterday during the course of the game. And I was like, the Browns are going to the playoffs. How do you feel? And I was like, I, I'm excited because going into the season, I will say, I said, we're going to be 11 and five. We're 11. There you go. I mean, 11 and six rather. We're 11 and five now. And so we're, we can still be, we can still win 12 games. But the fact that they came in with all these uh, injuries played good football for the most part, and we're still able to secure a playoff spot before the last weekend. It's yeah. got to be exciting, not only for the, the players and organization, but the fans as well. Yeah, and now when you look at the the upcoming schedule, obviously the Browns could be locked into this five seed if Baltimore beats Miami on Sunday. You are literally playing for nothing the week after. So if you want to, it's a silver lining here. If you don't get that one seed or you don't win the AFC North, you can rest whoever you want, and there will be no repercussions, at least in the win-loss column, which is, again, a silver lining, something that's really nice. Before we talk about that, the game last night, how was the atmosphere? Just looking at it on TV, it looked insane. Oh, it was great. I mean, because I I think it's people were in such high anticipation of them securing the playoff spot. And so the stadium was packed. Everybody was in the game. The, in the, the entire game, they just were glued to their seats and and just running around yelling and, and screaming. The whole <laughs> thing. So, you know, it was like I, I almost felt like I was playing the way the way the the yeah. move was in that stadium because everywhere you were was just crowded. People just yelling, screaming, screaming everyone's name and doing that. And so it was it was an unbelievable uh, place to be. Yeah, it it looked like it. I saw a couple clips from after the game. Obviously, a bunch of the DBs jumped into the first row of the dog pound, taking pictures, videos, whatever. I saw David Ajoku hop over the first like the first gate, uh, barely into the stands, and then finish a beer that a fan had. Um, people were everywhere. Everybody was losing their minds. I think the best thing that I saw after the game though was Joe Flacco's interview with his kids. Oh my gosh, it was so awesome. He talked about the fact that they're old enough to like understand what's going on in the NFL and old enough to be real football fans. And now they're watching their dad now lead a team to the playoffs. It's, it's super, super special for him. It's so good to see. It's gotta be because when you, when you're a football player and I, and I experienced the same thing that you have kids and you want them to see you do what you do. Right. And I, and, and and my kids were too young to really see me play. So I understand that Joe being in there getting, being on the couch and now his kids get to see him come back and play unbelievably and take this team to the playoffs. So he's got to feel good about that and and feel good that his kids can say, yeah, I saw my dad do this. Yeah. And they're seeing their dad do some pretty special stuff. 300 or almost 300 yards, excuse me, in the first half, a little bit over 300 as the game went on against one of the best pass defenses in the NFL without their number one receiver. Amari Cooper was a a late scratch, like an hour and a half before the game, the news broke, he's inactive. 
Joe Flacco didn't miss a beat. Uh, obviously, Jerome Ford, we talked about that last episode, had a huge game both on the ground and through the air. Uh, David Njoku over 100 yards, again, in the first half. Elijah Moore had a really good game. Hopefully he is okay and, and gets back to full health in, in due time. But Joe Flacco didn't flinch. And I think the coolest play that I saw was the play-action fake where he had it in one hand, flipped it back to his other hand, and almost faked a play-action with both hands with his back towards this Jets defense, turned around and threw a 30-yard ball to Jordan Akins. It's ridiculous. Like he's he's playing loose. He's playing free. It reminded me of the the guy who was supposed to play quarterback for the Jets this coming year, Aaron Rodgers. It was pretty wild. Yeah, and, and like you say, when Joe Flacco go, comes in here and becomes the starter, it's like he, he can do whatever he wants. They can they can <laughs> because he's not going to the bench, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're not putting him on the bench, so he can be the uh, gunslinger that he wants to be. Kevin Stefanski can call plays that gives him an opportunity to, to make these these throws, whether it be down the field or, or some play action passing. So I, I think it has been a lot easier with him playing, not only for uh, Flacco because he's playing with house money, but for Stefanski in, in the play column, once again, because the running game is out of the question. You don't have to worry about his yeah. athleticism with RPOs and things like that. So now we run some play action, we throw some some deep balls, and, and hopefully we make plays. And, so, and, and even if he throws an interception or two, He's still going to be the gunslinger and, and play football that like Stefanski wants him to do, and that's and that's how they're winning games. Yeah, and if they keep doing what Stefanski is putting on paper, at least offensively, they they're going to continue to win games. I mean, just looking at the two passing touchdowns Flacco had to the first one to Ford and the one to Elijah Moore, like those were schemed up. Like that's a natural rub that David Njoku created. You get the short motion with uh, I think it was Njoku on the other side to give Elijah Moore off man coverage, like. Kevin Stefanski is putting together really, really good offensive game plans again against good defenses week in and week out. And we need to talk about him for coach of the year. I don't know if there's anybody in the NFL who's done more with less than what Kevin Stefanski has done with the Browns this season. Right. Especially when you're talking offensively, because you're missing your your starting quarterback, you're missing your, your starting running back, you're missing three tackles. Right. And so he's done, he's done a good job. And like, and that's, that's what, that's where Joe Flacco being a veteran comes into play because now coming in late, he doesn't, once again, he doesn't have to learn the entire playbook. It's about scheming game planning a team that they're about to play each week. And so it makes it a little easier for him. And so they've done a good job of attacking these defenses when, since Flacco has been the guy. And, and like I said, and he's played well um, and Joku is, is thriving now. Because, yeah. because this is what they, they're doing. It's, it's not about guys having to run all over the place and hopefully you catch some balls because of a quarterback scrambling or we, we want to run out some trick stuff. It's about we're going to throw the ball. We're going to drop back. We're going to throw the ball for the most part. And, and like you said, they've done a good job with that. Yeah, drop back, drop back game has been really pretty. And again, like just looking at what happened last night, so many good things offensively. Good things in the run game too. Ball security may be an issue, but good things in the run game. But in the pass game, like you're doing all of this against the Jets with an all pro corner, very good secondary, and without your number one, like it's it's really, really incredible. And I see on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, Joe Flacco comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco comeback player of the year. I actually looked at the odds this morning. Damar Hamlin is the favorite, but the odds have between the two have shrunk. So it's getting closer. But like I, th- I really do think about the most valuable player race and you look at, at least to me, the most valuable player is somebody who 
you can tell they make a difference when they're on the team and when they're playing and then when they're not. And obviously like some of the candidates like Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott, like you haven't gotten to see what happens when they are off the team. But when Joe Flacco has not been playing, Browns are averaging about 20 points a game. And you can tell the offense is a little bit more anemic. Joe Flacco playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns average. They're averaging over 28 points a game again against some good defenses with him playing like, I don't know if he should win the award. I think that'd be a little bit far-fetched to considering he's only played five games, but he, you got to talk about him with these other guys because the impact that he has on a team is so noticeable and he's playing so well, leads the NFL in pass yards per game since he's been back. Like we have to start talking about that. At some point we have to start that discussion. I don't know if you talk about it in that respect, just because like you said, his body of work isn't yeah. that big. But, but he's been playing MVP-type football since he's been yeah. there. I mean, you know, with, with the numbers going out there, his team is winning. The defense is giving him a chance to win. Because, like, even, even the game when he had three picks, he didn't very he didn't play that well until, right? And mm-hmm. the defense gave him a chance. So this team is built to make a run. And so Joe Flacco stepped into the, the perfect situation. With the, It's almost like when he played with the Ravens, right? Yeah. A, a, very, a very good defense. All he has to go out there – all he has to do is go out there and play good football. And not, I'm not going to say manager because he's never been a manager. He's nope. a gunslinger. And so Kevin Stefanski and these guys have taken that into account, uh, used that against the defense that they're playing with, and just took advantage of his strengths. Yeah, and to be honest with you, the, the Browns keeping him upright has been another big thing. Looking at what they did last night against, again, a really, really good defensive line. Jermaine Johnson had a really good game. He had the pick six, but they allowed one sack. Like Flacco – wasn't on the ground much and against the team where you kind of have to keep him upright. And as time goes on, you're going to be playing teams in the playoffs. We can confidently say that now because they clinched a spot Um, times when you go against defenses like that in the playoffs that are going to get after the quarterback, you got to keep them upright. One sack allowed to that Jets team is really impressive. Like, again, this is without their top three tackles, top three. Like that's very, very impressive. Yeah. And you go back to Bill Kelly. And yeah. what he's able to do. He's, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in this league. And so he's able to have these guys ready to play, uh, plug and play. Guys are able to move around and, and, and do their job. And and that, that that's him and Stefanski going hand in hand, right? This is what we want to do. We want to get the ball out fast. We, we need a little time on particular plays. These guys are prepared to block either way. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they've done a great job of scheming to Flacco's strengths through the pass game and even the run game. I and mean, we haven't run mm-hmm. the ball as well as we, we would like to in, in or have in previous uh, games or in earlier in the season, but we've run it enough, right, to keep those guys backed up or keep them down and off the uh, off the receivers and giving these guys space in, in, in the one-on-one game. Yeah, and it seemed to be a point of emphasis this past game too. Like they came out running the ball, and I I thought they ran it pretty effectively. Again, we had the Jerome Ford fumble that was overturned. It was really close, and then the Pierre Strong fumble. But other than that, like you run the ball really well, really effectively. You continue to stay ahead of the chains and make plays like Joe Flacco was able to make easier for him because of the situations that you're in. Like the probably the best they've run the ball since Flacco has started, which is good. Like, if you want to say that and you're improving in that respect, love it. Awesome stuff. And that that's because of the way they're throwing it down the field, right? Yeah. I think that because even though Amari didn't play last week, you got Njoku and, and these guys making plays down the field, that 
create space in in the run game. These these safeties, these corners, they have to back up a little bit. These these linebackers have to watch for crossing routes in the play action game, and they have to guard the tight ends or, or, or running backs coming out the backfield. And so, in doing that, you have to pick your poison. And so, yeah. they ran the ball well against this uh, Jets team, and 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 effectively, because it's once again when we're talking about doing certain things, it's not always about rushing for 200 yards it's about when you do it and how you do it and so they were be effective run the ball make a, get ahead stay ahead of the chains and then they could take some shots throwing the ball yeah and they're going to continue to take shots because they have the guys to do it it's it's been really nice to see them kind of unlock those receivers and Dave Njoku at the tight end position defensively I thought again pretty solid showing like you look at the Jets on paper offensively they're like, uh, you know, should they have scored as many points as they did? Uh, you don't know. And again, obviously, seven of the 20 were from a defensive touchdown. I feel like we say that every single week, but seven yeah. of the 20 were from a defensive touchdown. I don't know. I thought I thought they played really well. And when you look at the the strengths of this Jets defense, Martin Emerson uh, had Garrett Wilson back and forth all game long. There were some good things, some bad things. What did you see in that matchup specifically? Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson is a very good player. I mean, and so I think I think what what we saw was Martin Emerson. He's a big, big, strong corner, and yeah. and he he gives them problems. And then guys are going to catch the ball, you know. Yeah. That's when you're good like that, you're going to catch the ball. But I feel like our, our DBs did a great job against them. They did, you know, they they made some plays. It's okay. It's the NFL. Yeah. Everybody makes plays. But I mm-hmm. think we put, put enough pressure on them um, with with the front with the front four, and we were able to 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 pretty much. Uh, especially when they start throwing short passes to the running backs, we were able to get there with our linebackers. And so yeah. all, while Brees Hall had a good game uh, running the ball, we were still able to do what we wanted to do defensively and pretty much dictate what they were trying to do on offense. Absolutely. And all year long, we've talked about the importance of JOK. We've talked about the importance of Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki, 11 solo tackles, five assists, like, he was all over the place, all over the place. It was nice to see because that's a name that we really haven't talked about like all year long, but he's been out there. He's been a part of this defense. It's just really nice to see him making plays again on the biggest stage. Like this is a, a playoff game, a must-win game. Right. And, and he had a very good game. And, and like you said, he was getting to the ball. I think uh, Schwartz did a great job of scheming against their offense. I mean, they knew that Brees Hall was one of those guys who, who runs the ball well, but they also throw a lot of passes to him. And so yeah. these guys were able to get to the to the flats and keep those guys from making plays down the field. And, and, and he had a, a great game, like you said, 11 solos, 16 uh, total tackles. And, and that's what we expect. That's why you draft them. When you're playing on a defense like this, you expect guys to step up and, and, and play like this because the main guys, the Miles Garrett's and those guys, they're not going to be able to be the guy every single game. Yeah. You need someone else to step up in, in the time where they're – Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett, but he's being double teamed. So does that mean somebody is free? And so like, these guys are, are playing well. They're playing at a, a high level, and we just have to keep them moving forward. Yeah, and Miles Garrett finally did break the sack drought, which was really nice to see. And Alex Wright, we talked about last episode. Both of us thought Alex Wright needed to have a big game, another sack. The defensive line is playing really well. Obviously, a, a Shelby Harris, who blocked the field goal. Like These guys up front are all over the place. And like you said, it's not just the one guy. It can't just be the one guy. Darius Smith had a good game. I thought Dalvin Tomlinson played solid. Like all of these guys continually week in and week out, especially over the past couple of weeks have 
kind of not picked up the slack that Miles has less left because you see the impact he has on the game. It's different from what the box score shows, but they have really stepped up when this defense has needed them the most. Yeah, and, and, and one unfortunate thing about this is I have a friend who's a, a Jets fan. And Uh-oh. so going to this game, you know, they, they calling me talking about we're going to win. We're not supposed to win, but we're going to win just like we did last year, just like we've done in other years. Oh, I'm like, yeah. it's not going to happen. So we placed a, a we placed some friendly wagers, right? There you go. That one that we were going to win, that's the easy one. Yeah. But I also bet that we would sack the quarterback four times. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, like right. you said, Miles got off the snide, but I needed a little money <laughs> to get two more. Oh, and it, man. It didn't happen. So we, we, we kind of pushed, but I was already playing with his money. So it was good. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. It's house money. It doesn't matter, right? Right. 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 And that's, and that's yeah. how the Browns been playing. That's how Flacco's yeah, been playing yeah. with house money. Right, nobody yes. expected, nobody expected much, especially when the injuries occurred. But then he comes in as a gunslinger. The fancy's like push all the chips in. We're just going to throw the ball forty times a game and see what happens. And it's and it's working out. Yeah, it, it is. De- it is definitely working out. And like we said, you're locked in the five seed now. Still some hope. Division title, one seed. Who knows? A couple other defensive performances. JOK had a really good game. A couple tackles. A couple TFLs. And Ronnie Hickman. A guy we've been talking about since the preseason. Pick six stepped up to the plate. Good seeing Juan Thornhill out there, but like a guy like Hickman who comes in and fills the role for other safeties and just on third down snaps, things like that. Like it's so nice to see again somebody stepping up to the plate. We say next man up as like an old adage, but it's a real thing. And I think the Browns are probably the best example of that this year. But it is a very real thing. And Ronnie Hickman showed that last night. And you you got to credit Andrew Barry with. This right, he's bringing he's yep. brought in guys who can fill in these roles in case someone gets hurt, and this is the NFL, so someone is going to get hurt. And these guys have all been able to, to step in and play their role in, in Swartz defense and in Stefanski's offense to, to make the team still go. You know, this 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 boat this boat is still going, and, and they're and they're playing good football and, and at a very uh, crucial time of the year. That's when they're starting to play their best football. And so it, they, this is a scary team. I, I think if you look around the league and you're talking playoffs, who wants to play the Cleveland Browns right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you would have said back in, in week eight, who wants to play the Cleveland Browns? Everybody probably said, yeah, they're, they're good. Their defense is playing good, but we can we can probably beat them. Now yeah. they're playing on a high level on, on both uh, sides of the ball. And I don't think anybody wants to see the Browns in, in the playoffs. No, definitely not. And if that that sentiment would multiply tenfold if they had to play the Browns at home too. So nobody wants to see the Browns. It's a tough physical football team that's going to punch you in, punch you in the mouth defensively. But now, like you talked about the past month or so, you see they have an offense. They're they're utilizing skill players. They have good quarterback play. Their offensive line's been doing enough the past couple weeks. Knock on wood, but they've been doing enough. They have an offense, and that to me that's the scariest thing if I'm an opponent because. You can get suffocated by that defense. It could turn into a field position battle, and all of a sudden you're giving a Browns offense that's firing on all cylinders the ball at their own 40 regularly. They're going to score points. Right, and, and but and the one thing I, I'm still worried about is that we, we've been turning the ball over. We've got it every single game. And so when you're talking about playing these good teams in the playoffs, you're going to have to try to 
you're going to have to play without turnovers. You're going to have to try to yeah. create some turnovers and not have any turnovers. And, and we haven't done a good job of that uh, throughout the course of the year. And so that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to them getting better and, 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 and tightening up because you can't give these good teams uh, another offense. I mean, another offensive yeah. drive just because you're turning the ball over and you, or short fields because you're turning the ball over. You have to be able to sustain drives and, and, and punt sometimes, right? That's better than a, a pick nut pick going the other way for a long game after and so we we gotta we gotta tighten that up uh take care of the ball and, and score points moving forward yeah and on the other side of that coin too in the playoffs you're not gonna have trevor simeon giving you a pick six you're not gonna have case keenum and davis mills throwing the football like you're, you're gonna be going up against better talent on the offensive side of the ball too so the importance of taking care of the football is even more important in the playoffs. We'll uh, we'll finish with a little bit of a look ahead for the Browns schedule and all those implications and things. But let's talk college football playoff real quick. I know Uh-oh. you you are a Texas Uh-oh. Longhorn. I know you're stressed out in Washington. How are you feeling about that game? I feel very good. I feel very good. I mean, you know, I, I live in Seattle, of course, where the University of Washington is, and and everybody's trying to give me some lip service. Everybody's trying <laughs> to pull me in, but I won't let them pull me in yet. You know, I think. Okay. I think it's, I think, I, then I think there's a lot of people who I know went to the University of Washington or very close to me who won't call me yet. They're waiting to see. <laughs> they're, to win. <laughs> they're waiting to see. They want to win, and then my phone's going to blow up if, if Washington yeah. wasn't one. But I don't think, I don't think uh, Washington beats us when I really look at this game. And of course, I'm a longhorn, I'm a little biased. But if I take the fandom out of it, I think that when you look at these four teams in the playoffs, Texas is the most talented football team. So yeah, if everybody if everybody just took the fandom out of them and said, I don't like this team or I like this certain team, we are the most talented. And so that's why I think we we win the game because so when we're talking about Washington, they're Michael Penix and they're and Roma Duzzi, those guys, they can they're connecting and they're throwing the ball all over the yard. However, you have to have time. And the best part of our our defense is our defense line. Yeah. And so if you have if he has time, we, we could be in trouble with Texas. But if it's like any everyone else, he might not have that much time. And I think that's that's what the, the difference is uh, as far as the Texas defense and the offense. We just have playmakers all over the field. And I don't yeah, know if if Washington has enough uh, defensive players that can stop that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that front. I don't think Washington can do enough defensively. I think that's the that's the biggest note in that game. In the other game, are we both on the same page that Texas and Alabama are on a collision course for each other? That, that that's what I think. I, I feel feel good about that, and and yeah. of course, people in Ohio would love that, right? They they, they don't, and I'm gonna say it, they don't want to say see Michigan yeah, in, no. in the in in the in the championship with an opportunity to win it, and so they're, they're hoping Alabama wins this game. But I I think right now the way uh, Alabama's playing Jalen Milrow and those guys. I think they're doing a good job. Saban has had a lot of time to uh, prepare for Michigan, yeah. who can't really throw the ball. And so mm-hmm. when you're one-dimensional against a, a Nick Saban defense, he usually has the advantage. And so, I mean, yes. they know that Michigan wants to run the ball. And so you're going to have to prove that you you can against this, this front because Nick's going to say, we're taking this away. Can you pass the ball? Mm-hmm. And so I look at this. I think. Alabama wins this game. I think I think it's a rematch of Texas Alabama. I think when it's all said and done, 
I think that's what most people want to see. Yeah, right? I think so too. Texas, Alabama, especially when you're talking about the NCAA and all that, they want to see those yeah. two uh, blue bloods in this game. So I feel like, once again, I feel good about the, the Longhorn getting there. Whoever gets there on the other side, I don't really care as long as we're there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll circle back for the final game. Hopefully the Longhorns are in it so we can talk a little bit more about it. Um, but look ahead for the Browns again. Obviously, they don't play till next Sunday. They don't play since till Cincinnati um, on the road as well. It's the final game of the year. Cincinnati could very well be playing for a playoff spot in that game. But the Browns, like we talked about earlier on in the episode, could basically be done. Like if the Ravens beat Miami this week, they are locked into the five seed. But if Miami beats Baltimore – there is still a lot to play for. Obviously, if Miami beats Baltimore, then Baltimore drops their lo- their last game to Pittsburgh. The Browns are the AFC North champions. And if those two things happen and Miami drops their last game to Buffalo, Cleveland Browns have the number one seed in the entire AFC, which is insane to think about, but it's the reality that we're living in. Only a couple game outcomes away. Obviously, can't get your hopes up too much. It's a lot to ask, especially that Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. But who knows? Who knows? It is a... Very, very real thing that's in front of us right now. It, it really is. And this is a, a thing that you have to think about. That's one good thing about playing on Thursday and clinching. Yeah. Now you get to see. Now you get the mini bye week and, and, and sit back and watch teams and see what happens because you get a chance to get guys healthy. You, you get to find out early if, if guys are really going to have to play next week or not. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's a good situation for the Browns. Of course, you want the opportunity – to play for the number one seed or even the division lead. Uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you want to get guys healthy. You want to be firing yeah. on all cylinders moving into the playoffs. And so if they don't, if they don't get a number one and they have to play, I, I'd rather they keep them, them keep playing because yeah. they're, they're playing at a high level right now. Then to take these weeks off, mm-hmm. we don't know where that goes. It, it, a lot of teams, you know, you go into the playoffs trying to rest your guys and then they come back. And they're not firing like they were right before they, they rested. And yep. at the same time, some people go in thinking you play your guys to, to keep keep that momentum going. And so it, it's hard to say what you do. And when you're looking at the Browns, I think it's a matter of getting guys healthy. Yes. It's not about I don't I don't think it's about resting just because we we want to rest. I think that the time gives gives us a chance to get guys healthy and, and be well rested to go in there and, and give it your best shot. Yeah, I think health has to be the priority. And like you talked about, the mini buy is super nice in that sense. It's also just super nice in in what the mini buy does. It allows you three extra days of preparation for your next opponent. So if the Browns were to be playing for something this coming Sunday, they'd have a couple extra days on the Bengals, which would be huge. Obviously, the Bengals are getting a lot of their star players back too. So it could be a must-win for game for the Browns. These extra couple days of preparation are going to be pretty important. Divisional games are always unpredictable. You never truly know what's going to happen, which is why I do think there still is an off chance that the Browns can't get that one seed like we talked about. But again, it has to be health, the priority. It's right. you got a, a kicker who's out, a punter who's out, your number one receiver, you got other guys banged up in the secondary. Let them let them rest, not for the sake of resting, for the sake of getting healthy for your playoff run. Right. And you know, when it's when it's all said and done, I don't care about anything but the fact that they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been waiting for this. We've been clamoring for yep. this as, as, as I could say as as a fan. You know, yeah. we want to see the Browns in the playoffs, and and they they did that, and so yes. we're happy with that. Now we're trying to take that to another level, and if mm-hmm. they get, and, and then I think 
I, when I look at the schedule with the Ravens and the Dolphins, I don't really care about uh, where the seating is. I think mostly I want certain things to work out so the Browns could have a playoff game at home. That's yes. all I really care about. That's that's what I would love to see. I, I don't I don't know the chances of that. We don't know because, like you said, we have to wait for everyone else. But I would love to see a, a playoff game in Cleveland, just like I know all these fans would. And it, it, the, the the place would be rocking. I mean, yeah, it, you know, because even when they had the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago, it was COVID year. They didn't have a playoff game here, but during that playoff run, people weren't really able to go to the game. Yeah. Right this year, that people were able to come to the games and watch this team get better and win these games to get into the playoffs. And so, if I, I hope it works out just for the for the fans to to get a, a playoff game at home, that would be unbelievable. I can promise you, we would both be there. It's going to be insane next ten days. Who knows what's going to happen with the Browns? But we appreciate you guys tuning in, Eric. Any last words before we sign off? Cleveland Browns fans, we're in the playoffs. Let's do it. Let's do it. Got to get in the dance. That's all that matters, right? Right. All right. We appreciate you guys watching and listening. This is the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.